1: So what's going on in offense? Because I think that's the other thing is that when you look at the, the complimentary part of complimentary football, how is the offense complimenting this defense? Well, I think the biggest turnover or the biggest statistic may be no turnovers for Justin Fields um, on a day where he had 58 rushing yards, carried 12 more times against the lions. And then he had the big passing plays, the explosive play to DJ Moore. We'll get into the fourth and 13 in a moment, but, but Dan, what is, do you think the most impressive thing or what stood out the most on, against the lions about the bears offense?
0: Well, you know, I guess I'll start with the opening drive and, and, and the willingness to take the ball and then go down the field and cash in with your first possession and get a touchdown out of it. Same thing happened in Detroit three weeks earlier. And uh, they made plays on that opening drive. You obviously get uh, Justin going early with his feet a little bit in ways that, that, that create that momentum and seemed to, to get him comfortable within a game so whenever that's an option it's great you know and some of some of those are are scrambles you know justin's biggest damage as a runner came on scrambles when they're passing plays that he turned into runs and he had four rushes for uh doing the math here quick for i think 46 yards uh as a scrambler and 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 so that's significant the touchdown run was big um you're able to to to, to get some things going there now there are some moments in there and i tweeted this out on on monday that w- where you see it and you go from the quarterback position you go that's it it's coming, right? Like that, that that's exactly what you want to see there. And you start to feel really, really good about the direction of the improvement. And then before you take three more breaths, there's another example of some plays where it, it kind of goes sideways. And you're like, ah, the pocket presence is a little shaky. Ah, why didn't he see that wide open receiver? Ah, why didn't he pull the trigger there in a window that, that is certainly NFL open? Uh, and, and, and so like you get to the end of the rewatch, David, and, and you're kind of left with the, the feeling like, everything that would make you want to believe in Justin Fields is evident in that tape. And everything that would make you hesitant to invest in Justin Fields long term is evident in that tape. The only thing that wasn't there was, was turnovers, which is a big deal. And I think one interception in the last five starts for Justin Fields is, is a step in the right direction. He's taking care of the football as a passer much better. And that gives you a little bit of, of feelings of hope, but there's still some things within the, the entire uh, game film where you're like, man, like I, if, if I'm Ryan Poles, I have to really stop, do some thorough investigating and figure out how I feel about all this.
1: If he doesn't already know, and and I wonder if he doesn't already know, but I I would think that if you're an executive uh, and you're running an NFL team like he is, you you have to discipline yourself to keep an open mind. And, And again, I think what Justin Fields did on Sunday, as much as anything, was that he basically kept, forced us to keep an open mind about, his future and what the Bears should do. We all may have our inclinations about what we think they will do or should do when they get to that point, because there is a ninety-five percent likelihood that they're going to have the number one overall pick. Not that the Panthers have cratered and and you know the uh, the, the other teams went kind of had, had the surprising victories that the Patriots won, and uh, that's. you you look at what's going on at the top of the draft and yeah, you have to have in mind what you would do, but, but I think Dan, when you, I wouldn't disagree, I would not disagree with your description of of the overall game. Like there's good. And then there's a reminder of what, what potentially could be bad. Um, Two things though. I, I, he didn't turn the ball over, which I think almost makes it the good outweigh the bad. Sure. And then I, I wonder in your mind, because he's had two previous games you know, before this in succession, that this was the third game in a row that I think was acceptable. Do you think that helps you, or should help people maybe think that the good outweighs the bad against um, uh, the Lions on Sunday?
0: No, no, I think without question the good outweighs the bad for Sunday's performance. There's no question that 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 his his impact on that game helped the Bears win a football game. Obviously they get the, they get the early Christmas gift from Aiden Hutchinson on the free play touchdown and you cash in on it and you don't just take advantage of a mistake. You cash in on it in the fullest way possible and you get the touchdown and you never trail again, or you never tied again. And, and you just roll from there and that, that, that's huge stuff. Um, I guess some of it is is converting the small picture lens into the big picture lens and trying to figure out what it means, right? Which is sometimes what we do uh, the the few days that follow. And 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 I'll give you a little tease on on a, something I'm I'm working on for next week, late next week, which is doing something we did with Mitch Trubisky after 50 starts and taking 35 starts. This will be Justin's 35th start in Cleveland on Sunday uh, afternoon, and that's a big sample size to go ahead and, and rank one through 35, all of the performances he's had as a Bears quarterback. Well, when you do this exercise, David, just as a little sneak peek there, it doesn't take you long to get into to Shrugsville and to, to to like okay to decent territory. And then it doesn't take you long after that to get into E territory. And if I asked you and Studs here on this podcast right now to just rattle off, like give me a half a dozen exclamation point, no doubt, terrific performances that Justin Fields has had as a quarterback. I bet, I bet it'd be a little bit of a stumper here that it wouldn't just be a list that's just like rolls off the top of your, your tongue because there, there aren't a lot there. And so that's where it is is like, so these performances that are like, okay, that was good enough they don't outweigh all of the other body of evidence. And that, that, that's kind of what I was, I was leaning at there. And maybe, I don't know, maybe we should stay in the micro more and, and, and celebrate the win and talk about the good things he did against the sure. Lions. But I think that clock is ticking so loud about when this decision is made that that big picture lens just keeps luring you over into his own and to, the, to ask him, like, what did this really
1: mean? Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, Shrugsville is every Chicago Bears fan's favorite neighborhood. You know, it's kind of like where they live. Yeah, it is. Yeah. When evaluating quarterbacks. And and most of Justin Fields' starts have been in losses. So there isn't going to be as many indelible moments that are starts, their plays, and there may be uh, highlights. If
0: I, if I asked you for your top six, I bet you at, I, le- at least three of those, I, I would bet you are in games they lost for one reason or another.
1: Absolutely. That, that's, that's true. And I, and I can't argue with that. I think, I think what happens is that um, that'll be a worthwhile exercise. I think Cleveland represents sort of a full circle moment. Wonderful moment detailed. too. And, you know, from going from where he started to where he is now and where he has to be, if he wants to keep, if, if he wants to stay here. Um, yeah, there's a lot there. So I think uh, let's stick with the, with the micro for a second, because I sure. think Sunday, there's still a lot of things. There's two, two plays specifically. Um, I think worth pointing out one is, was my favorite, despite the fact it didn't have anything to do with Justin Fields, except for he was a decoy on the last play of the first opening drive, the touchdown, the 16 yard touchdown from oh, yeah. DJ Moore, uh, DJ Moore told us on the Mullen Haw show. They put that play in last week. Chris Morgan told him he was going to score. Justin Fields was glad that he did that because he was tired after <laughs> two straight runs, um, Credit where it's due. That's a good one from Luke Getzey. It was an unscouted look and an innovative play call. So if we're going to criticize Getzey for the fourth and one call and the, the the counter and everything else that we have in the past, I think you had to give him credit for that. So that was, of all the plays, even though we'll get into more depth in the fourth and 13 one, I think that was my favorite play of the day.
0: Certainly by design. It was terrific. And and they executed it perfectly. And the Lions, when you go back and watch that from the, the end zone camera, you see how flummoxed they are when DJ starts rolling to his left. And, and, and it's like everybody's eyes are on Justin as he's coming around because you expect him to get the ball and do something. And they're frozen. And now all of a sudden, Roshan Johnson gets out in front and makes a key block. To get you to get you an edge, and then you got two offensive linemen motoring downfield, and Braxton Jones and, and Lucas Patrick to pave the way. I'm not sure DJ had a had a finger laid on him On that play. Now, now, David, like, I think you'd probably agree that the wrinkle here is that, like, if you try something similar again, the next time Justin gets the ball there and you've got a passing play to the other side where the defense is so overcompensating now, where you're going to have Justin kind of one on one with somebody where he can either run or pass and you're going to have a receiver on the other side. That's one on one. That's that's the way to build plays off plays, as Mitch Trubisky used to say. But that that play really cool and, and it results in an end zone celebration.
1: Roshan Johnson not only blocked somebody, that was Aiden Hutchinson that he took care of on that play. So that was a really big key block for him. Um, and then you, you did a great job in the Tribune on Chicago Tribune.com of breaking down 4th and 13 and all the different <laughs> elements of that play and how many people contributed to that thought process and what was going through the heads of DJ Moore and the offensive line and Justin Fields and then Aiden Hutchinson, even acknowledging and fourth and 13, this was what what they did was they made Lionsing a verb again. That's the way Lions teams of the past used to act. There's no reason in football, anybody's football world that you jump on fourth and 13. There's no hurry to get to the quarterback. That's one thing you can't do. But Dan, I'll let you take it from here because the Bears went to the line of scrimmage without ever intending to snap the ball.
0: So I'll slowly walk into this play by acknowledging what you just said about the Lions-Lionsing. And I, I, I have this whole corner of my notebook written down of, of things where the Lions did Bears things or, or, or old Lions things. You have a bad snap on a missed PAT. You've got a uh, delay of game at the end of the first quarter by not recognizing where the clock was and, and basically taking a delay of game by a half a second. You've got a, a quarterback center exchange that doesn't go right. You've got a, a swing pass to Jameer Gibbs. It's going to be a touchdown if he catches it and he drops it. And then you have the most costly error of the day, which is the Aiden Hutchinson penalty jumping off sides. I have no earthly idea what he was doing there, what caused him to jump, other than just a total brain fart. And, and Cole Komet was probably the most honest of anyone in that locker room and saying he got up to the line of scrimmage and, and, and thought to himself, there's no way in hell that they're jumping off sides here. We're going to take a delay game here and we're going to punt the football. And, and that was everybody's mindset as the Bears went up to the line there. Now, look, they also do practice this, you know, and 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 you practice it for the rare opportunity where you can get the opponent to make a mistake. And so, um, look, you, you watch enough football over, over uh, the course of a week to see this happen in every single game, every single week. And you see a team go up to the line attempting to draw a team off size and they oversell it. Sometimes they overact it. And sometimes you get so much motion and so much pointing and so much screaming and yelling. It doesn't look real, you know. And so all of a sudden the defense is just like, just hold your water. Let them take their penalty or their timeout and and we'll get the ball back. Well, that didn't happen here. And so you had a a combination of offensive line communication, starting with Braxton Jones and, and Tevin Jenkins on the left side. Pointing out Mike calls. You've got Justin Fields shouting for a dummy protection. You've got Cole Komet saying that he got so caught up in the acting silliness that he looked at Darnell Mooney started making a signal and Mooney looked at him like, what the hell are you doing? And he just said, I said, what did you do? He said, I banged my helmet. And so they're doing all this stuff. And ultimately it comes down to one player on the other team giving you this oops moment that then your center has to take advantage of And once your center takes advantage of it, then your quarterback has to take advantage. And once your quarterback takes advantage, your receiver, your best player on the outside with one-on-one coverage has to take advantage of it. And DJ Moore did a great job getting an inside release, getting getting wide open. Justin caught it, saw it, ripped it, and, and you've got a touchdown. But, but just like a really cool moment For the Bears at this stage of their climb because it was again just one of those things that happens to them so frequently that to see them inflict pain on an opponent for screwing up was just such a change of pace and so refreshing.
1: I think what that says is that basically we're not used to seeing a play that demonstrates or says that the Bears have the higher football IQ and on that play it was almost instinctive because you do kind of practice it or talk about it. And there's always kind of this understanding in football. If you see a flag and it's offside, just, you know, it's a free play, free play, free play. And then what do you do? Well, you, then all of a sudden you're 12 and you're in your backyard and let's go deep, you know, everyone's going to run uh, four go routes and you see if I can beat my man. And DJ Moore um, <laughs> was, was off to the races and Jerry, meep, Jacobs, meep, as he said, <laughs> yeah, meet, me, you know, and he was off and, and, and Jerry Jacobs didn't have a shot. So, that was another example of uh, DJ Moore not being def- able. They had no answer for him. You know, I, I, one of the more interesting stats to come out of Sunday's game was I think it was the next gen stat uh, I, I saw somewhere, and, and they do a terrific job. DJ Moore is third in the in the NFL in. Uh, yards or receiving yards against press man coverage, like they saw on that play. Now, number one, I don't know what the heck the Lions were doing <laughs> on fourth and 13 in press man coverage. I don't know, even even before the snap, what are you yeah, doing? Just
0: play the sticks, right?
1: Uh, yeah, exactly. And then, secondly, once he that tells me that either teams are, are playing too much man coverage, you can see more and give him a chance to beat them, or the Bears are just taking advantage of the looks they do get. But either way, it underscores just how good of a season this guy's also having.
0: I haven't watched it yet, but uh, Lucas Patrick indicated that Darnell Mooney was also wide open on the other side of the field, so <laughs> Justin had his pick of whichever fast receiver he wanted to throw it to. But, but DJ, you're right. It, it, it just an absolute godsend for this team and this offense. Um, not only with the production, but just the way he comports himself. He's just such a, a a team first, grounded, low maintenance dude that is has really just breathed the right type of energy. Uh, into this group and he deserves credit for that. My favorite uh, throw and catch of the day. There's two th- there's two things that I really starred for Justin in the, in the book, but one of them is the the third and sixth slant completion to DJ Moore late in the game to keep that that last field goal dry alive and 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 it, to me it was just so significant because it's a play that we saw these dudes make uh, in OTAs and then repeatedly through training camp where you, you said to yourself in August, you go, ah, you know, this, this is the benefit of having a true go-to guy that you can just trust and rip throws to with the understanding that he's going to catch it a fastball by Justin Fields and it's a difficult catch and DJ Moore makes it look easy with those strong hands and and the catch concentration and and all the things he brings to the table as a receiver And, and you watch that and you go that's it right there you know that that's the connection that you're longing to get between a quarterback and a receiver and those two guys showed it there in a moment where they capitalized on a third down that helped them put the game away.